looking to tee up Fernandes, who squeezes it in for a Manchester United second. He has three colleagues in the box, Fernandes is one, and that was absolutely lethal. Bruno Fernandes has a second, Manchester United have a third. Marcus Rashford might need some help, he gets it from Fernandes, who squeezes it in! Bruno Fernandes, there is ice in those veins, this is his new home! Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Sam Homewood and I am delighted to be joined by my co-hosts Helen Evans and David May. Guys, how are we? All good, Simon, yeah? All All good. good. Thank you, Sam. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, really good. Uh, This is actually the second time we've got together because we tried to record this podcast earlier today but uh, technical reasons meant we couldn't. So now we're going to do it again. Uh, well, not again. We didn't get any conversation. And we are very excited. We've got a little conversation. Oh, I never made it that far. Oh, yeah, you weren't there. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I was, I was just logging in and was told this isn't working. Give up. Oh, I know. But that's what happens when you're doing things online, isn't that's it? That's it. It will be so good when we can all get back together yeah. and we won't have these issues. Because otherwise it would have been 15 minutes in person. And I think getting the amount of time that we'll have is so much better than just 15 minutes, especially as everybody like United fans and everyone else wants to hear from Bruno Fernandes yep it's going to be a good one one that fans will definitely be looking forward Mm -hmm. to Maisie have you ever seen someone come in and have the impact that he has like so immediately Uh, probably not I think I think if you're going to compare Bruno you're probably looking at at Cantona the impact uh, Eric had Came in and just did, did the ground running. I wonder what the difference would be between, I should have found this out before we had this conversation, but the goals Cantona had scored by this stage and Fernandez has scored by this stage. That's a good shout. Yeah. We'll find that out for the closing chat. Yeah, well, if uh, if Matt Tasker can do anything, obviously, you know, he's not doing anything. Yeah, our producer will, of course, do that for us. He just sat there twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> the thing that I think everybody always thinks uh, about Bruno Fernandes and we talk about is how immediate his impact has been and how many goals and assists he's got I was having a look here United in 19 league games this is already his the, the club he scored the second most goals for Wow! he played 86 times for Udinese only scored 10 goals Le- league goals this is he's already got 11 at United in 19 games like he just seems to fit the team incredibly well yeah because a lot of time when players sign you kind of give a bit maybe six months, a bit of mm-hmm. leeway, especially when they sign in January, you think, give them time to settle in. People mention the weather and all those yeah. sorts of things. He didn't even need one game, really, did he? No, he just turned up and just he's just been smashing it ever since. Kevin, hit the ground running. Yeah. I love the fact that he comes in and he, and he bosses people around as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't that, I don't know, what was it, what would you call it? Intimidation factor by the other players or it wasn't yeah. in awe of any of the players. He just got nailed into, into them. And that for me is a, is a leader. That's what we need, a leader on the pitch. And Bruno fits that perfectly. It'll be interesting to see his take on how much he's enjoyed being here. How can you not enjoy it when you're doing so well for the biggest club in the world? Yeah, I suppose the only downside for him is he's immediately a fan favourite and the fans can't come and sing his name. I know. I know. Well, they did for the first few games. But... Yeah, yeah. But but now he's just carrying on. Also, the only player in Premier League history to get player of the month and goal of the month in the same month. Wow. Isn't that mad? Tell you are. That's a good start. That is a good start, Sam. Yeah. Tell you what, you've been doing your homework in that room in the Premier League history. Yeah, yeah, ever, wow. ever. There's never been someone who won Player of the Month and Goal of the Month in the same month. Bruno Fernandes is the first person to do that. It was the goal against uh, Brighton. Goal of the Month and he was Player of the Month for that month. Was that the goal? The um... Matic plays that lovely long pass out wide. 
And then he at the far, he at the far post, and, yeah, smashes, smashes it, in. it in. Yeah, great, wasn't it? Well, I'm sure he knows that stat, but obviously, I'm sure. One I'm sure Sam will. Yeah, yeah. We'll ask him, see what he says. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, shall we hear from uh, the man David May calls a leader, and in fact, the most recent person other than Harry Maguire to captain Manchester United is Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandez, welcome to our podcast. Thank you again for joining us for the second time. Thank you very much. A lot of dedication from you because I know you have a young family at home. So thank you so much. How are you firstly? Everything okay. Can be better if we if we win against Chelsea, but not bad. Good. What, what about your family? Tell us, I think you just recently had a new arrival into your house. Yeah, is everything okay? He's sleeping, so... It's everything okay. okay. Now he's, <laughs> he's a good a good boy. Oh, that's good. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. As uh, as it's all happened so very recently, we'll uh, we'll approach this podcast like all of the ones we do, and we'd like to hear about your life growing up and your first football clubs and how you got to be at Manchester United. But just because it was so recent, what was your experience like being captain of the team playing against PSG? So as as I write in uh, on Instagram and on social. First off, all is an honor, you know. Of course, it's a dream come true because the first dream was playing for the club and after play for the club as a captain is, is such an honor, you know. We, we, we talk about a big club, everyone in the world follow, follow the club. So I know the responsibility I have in that moment, but for me, it was just a dream come true, you know, like... Uh, every, every kid want to play for Manchester United and be captain for a club like this is, is an amazing feeling you know it's it's difficult to describe everything you I feel in that moment so after the game I can I can go straight away in the social and just post the photo uh, I just wait for the next day to have the right words to to say for for everyone see how much honor I, I was to to be captain of the club Bruno, it was um, it was quite remarkable how he actually found out that he was going to be captain. Was that a shock? Yeah. <laughs> was that a shock to you as well? Just totally out of the blue. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, yes. Like, it's not because I don't want to be or no. I'm not ready to be. Just because in that moment I, I was not expecting to be the captain in that game. You know, your face was priceless. <laughs> yes. Yes. I see so many, so many memes of that. <laughs> my friends, my friends, they they send me. I think two seconds after the, that that video was in the. Uh, in the social they send me straight away you know yeah. you can it's use like that this, in so... your your friends whatsapp groups now that same yeah, meme course. you can use that one no they use they use a lot of times so <laughs> I don't need to use <laughs> is it is it something you'd thought about because obviously Harry didn't travel oh no for real no you know because at that moment I was thinking maybe can be I don't know because you know most part of the teams they they used to be the player who is older in the club mm-hmm. I know I play with so many coaches they don't have that kind of idea you know like uh, for for them is like who they they pretend to be the captain or they think they have the capacity to be the captain is the captain not like because just because you are a long time in the club you need to be the captain. Um, of course, sometimes 
you can put both together because you have a guy who is a long time on the on the club and you have the capacity to be a captain i think uh, not every like everyone can be a captain but mm-hmm. not everyone can be a leader as a captain you know yeah. and it doesn't matter also sometimes if being a captain you, you not being a captain you can be a leader also you know uh, you just is the way you you live you live a little bit uh, the day in the training ground on your own life you know how you grow up your mentality is is a little bit of this you know but i think was players there who can be who can be the captain that game and so i, I was not focused on that because was not uh, was not like for me at, the, at that moment was not like i want to be the captain or maybe in my dreams like i said was a dream come true because it was a dream for me mm-hmm. in the future if i if i stay there here in the in the club for a long time or something because as i said most part of the clubs and coaches want a player who is a long time in the club yeah. for me in a long time will be uh, one of the things i will like to be like a captain of manchester united but i think i can be one of the captains in this game exactly on this game because i think our captains is i think age davi to i think nema and juan i think they are the captains in that game i think only davi was on the pitch and of, and of course you scored a penalty yeah i mi- i miss a penalty and, and you missed a penalty <laughs> <laughs> we forget about the one you missed what goes through your mind with the second one Uh, you, you know do, in the, do, the, do you watch the keeper do you just no in the, I, I will be realistic in the first one I watch the keeper yeah uh, I don't I don't know why in the last moment uh, I I switched the side but was in the la- like yeah, yeah like was yeah. not me doing the movement you know yeah. because when I did the jump I see already the the part of the goal was more open for me was my left side but I don't know why in the last moment I I, I change. I change my idea, and I miss because of that. Okay, the coach, uh, the goalkeeper, he give he give two steps in front and everything. But if I if I do the idea I have in that moment, the the right idea I have, I will score because I will shoot in the other side. Mm-hmm. For the second penalty, you know, in the moment like this, you or take the ball and you are confident, like I will score. I'm 100% sure I will score. Or you give a ball to another one. But when I when I take the ball again, I think it was Fred giving me the ball, and he says to me, "Go, go again." And I, I look Anthony and uh, Rashi, and uh, they ask me, "Are you go again?" And I said, "Yes, I go again." And they like, they like, they give me that push. Yeah. Okay, go. You will score. Like, you know that maybe some that kind of words are like, sounds like normal words for me. In that moment, was important. Like the team, they. They believe in me, you know. Yeah. Like in that moment, they know I, I I miss in the last week against Newcastle. I have another chance. I miss again, and like when you feel that support, because maybe in that moment someone can say like, no, just give me the ball. I I feel confident. Give me. You missed this one. You missed last week. It's better if I shoot. And in that moment, if someone tells me this, I will give the ball because it's the truth. I missed <laughs> two in a row. You know, you can say nothing, yeah. but I feel confident to score. And so I just take the ball and feel and thinking like, do your own way, do what you what you have to do. Look the keeper at until the end, and do what you normally do on the trainings, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I go to the penalty with all the focus I have and on my mind with the push of my teammates. Like, you have to score 
because they are they are trusting on you yeah. you know yeah yeah Bruno, if you don't um, mind, we're going to come back to the present Manchester United day in just a little while. But we're going to go back to the start for now, um, to your childhood. We're going to do a little bit of a life story with you. Can you tell us about growing up? I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing it correctly, but um, you were born in Ma- Maya, Maya in Portugal? Maya, Maya. Maya. Can you tell us about your childhood? Were you always crazy into football? So normally... In I grew up with the ball, as as we said in as you saw in Portugal. Like I I don't remember. I don't have memories doing different things. Okay, I have some memories with my my cousin. Like I said, I don't know how you said how you said in England. Like like building the houses in the in the street. You know. Yeah. Houses. Kind yeah. of Treehouse, things. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, you know. Uh, with my cousin, I have that kind of uh, of these situations and everything. But most part of the times, we can go to build that house, but always with the ball. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at some time you will start to play football. Doesn't matter where, you <laughs> will play. And as normally, I I grew up with my brother. Of course, he was is is five years old older than me, and I I grew up with him, playing with him being with his friends and most part of the times don't play i don't play because he he doesn't want me to play i don't know if he was afraid i was too good for them (laughs) or he was afraid for someone kick me in the game or something you know because i was uh how i can say a difficult boy at that time because you want always to play with the older ones that and the problem is like i don't like I, i just I don't like the kind of thing like I want just play. No, I want to be the best in the middle of them. And if I need to do a mag of someone, I will do. I don't care. <laughs> and that point, you know, when you play with older guys, they are when they are mad, when they see a little boy, you know, everyone starts mm-hmm. shouting and louding and everything. Hey, you take a mag from a little boy and everything. And someone can come for you and kicking you. <laughs> and so I think sometimes my brother was afraid of this. Other times he, he knows I was so good for playing uh, against them. And they, he doesn't want problems. He just doesn't want problems. <laughs> because, you know, playing in the streets, you always you always have problems, you know. And being the little brother, if someone will do something to your little brother, you will protect him. And yeah. I think sometimes my brother doesn't want this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I grew up I grew up also with my cousin, of course. He was born in the same, in 94 as me. Uh, I grew up with him most part of the things, you know, play with the... Uh, Pokemons or Dragon Ball or PlayStation, most part of this was was with him uh, because he lives so close from me. So I take my bike or my skate or doesn't matter or a bike or skate. We always have one or another because the first bike my mother gives to me broke in the five minutes later. I I have the bike, so <laughs> you take the left one. How you say to the, the brake on the left? Yeah. You stop the the front one. So he was to- so fast and going down when he takes this one, bam, wow. boom, he broke my wow. he broke my bike. He was he was worried about my bike, not about him. You know, he was like, <laughs> yeah. I broke your bike, I broke your bike. Yeah, that's a matter. Leave. It. He's gone. He's gone. The bike is gone now. Uh, was five minutes after my mom gave me that bike. So brilliant. Uh, but I grew up with him as I have much the most part of the memories I have is growing up with him or or my brother. Oh, that's nice. 
You said when you were playing football and you had to do what you had to do to try and make sure you win. And you talked earlier about leadership and if you have the captain's armband or not, you're still going to be a leader. Did you always have that sort of competitive drive and that ambition, like even when you were playing Pokemon when you were younger? Or is it just football? Always, always, in everything. I hate lose <laughs> in everything. <laughs> Yesterday, I think, no, two days ago, I was playing with my little daughter, Uno. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you need to, to just... Let them win. She, yeah, she, she needs to win, you know, sometimes. But Sometimes. But yeah, sometimes, <laughs> because sometimes I'm But you didn't let her. her. <laughs> you know, when she put, it was, we were playing a, a game and she had like two plus four. And she put me twice the plus four. Now she's she's little, she doesn't know why all of the time you need to ask. You have some some more, some more to put together you have more cards to put and everything and when i ask she put another four another <laughs> plus four so i take i take plus eight i have four cards to plus two i take that eight and after i put all the plus two together you know bam, 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 bam. and i win that game because i saw so, i was so angry because she put me twice plus four i need to win. i, I said hang, hang on bruno how old is she uh, three years old. <laughs> my wife, my wife was looking, and she said to me, "You are always the same. You are." But it's like this. I, I, for for example, we are most part of the times. So I don't know how you call here in um, England. You know what is bingo? Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in in Christmas, in Christmas in Portugal, we we always play that. We pay five five pounds for card. Mm-hmm. You know. And so we put all the money in the box and we, 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 we have the card complete wins that uh, all yeah. that money, you know, but we, I don't, I'm not sure if you say five points, the, the little coin, which one is the most, the, the little five one you pence. have. Five pence. Five pence. One P? No, one P, no, five, maybe five, five pence. Yeah. Five, five pence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the little one. Okay. So we always play like this. Just it's just to have fun, not because of money. Yeah. Just to have fun. But also for that, I don't like to to, to lose. <laughs> and when 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 you, I mean, I have to call the numbers. I always check the numbers sometimes just to be to, to be sure if I have that one or not. You know, <laughs> if I don't have, I just put again inside, <laughs> and I move a little bit more. <laughs> but this this is because my family all the time they shitting doing this. You know. <laughs> All the time, my my cousins, my uncles, everyone, everyone Just does geez. this. So you grow you grow up with this, and you you have to do you yeah. have to do to yeah. win, you know. So that's where your your drive to win comes from. It comes from being cheated when you were a child. At bingo. Yeah, because my I, normally I lose when I was a child because they always do this. So I start to grow up and understand what I need to do to win in that kind of games. That's brilliant. So now your daughter will be the same. No, 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 no. <laughs> because she doesn't understand. I'm, I'm cheating, you know. <laughs> In a few years, she will, though. Yeah, it's okay. Doesn't matter. What about uh, back to football? Can you tell us, did you have any sporting heroes, any football heroes when you were a child? So the, the, the first one, the first one was um, Ronaldinho. Because, you know, when I grew up, I was too young. And I think the first player I really liked to see was him, because I don't know. You have you have that kind of magic, and nobody else have. You know, like he's a, he's a different player. It's just mm-hmm. it's just different. 
he goes everywhere with a smile in the face. He's take a take he's in the smile in the face. You give a mag, he's have, you have a smile in the face. You lose, you have a smile in the face. He wins, you have a smile in the face. You know, he's that kind of players you 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 enjoy to look. Mm-hmm. And I think was was really important for me growing up looking for looking him because uh, when when you are a kid you need you have you have to enjoy the football you know that is the time to enjoy football and look at him you understand what is enjoy football you know so i was i was for me was the first player i ever looked and of course growing up as as everyone knows cristiano was my favorite player I think uh, a little bit for everything, you know. Uh, when I when Cristiano started to give his first uh, first steps, for example, in national team, was in the Euro Cup in our home. Mm-hmm. So I was almost uh, ten years old. I have uh, in that time nine years old because I, my birth is uh, September. So in June, July, I was nine years old, and. That era marks everyone in Portugal, you know, because we lose the final and everything. Uh, you see, you see him crying in the um, in the final. He was a, a young boy start start to shine in the in the football, and and from there I start to look at him. You know, maybe it was not like because he plays in my position because he doesn't play, but uh, the way the way he have to work every day. The way you have the mentality, you have the um, the capacity, you have to be uh, in every game an hundred percent at a high level. For me, it was like a motivation to you have to do always better, you know, because he was scoring goals every day, every game, and uh, and game after game he was improving and trying to be better and everything. And so, I think the, my mentality comes a little bit of understand which kind of players you want to be. You want to be that player who have a good season and after you have maybe go up and down up and down you already want to be a player who wants to be always on the top okay you will have bad games for sure mm-hmm. everyone have Cristiano have bad games 100% but the point is coming back from a bad game you know like coming with the mentality like I, I, I don't play well in the last game I really need to do well in this one so the mentality to be better and better day after day is really important for me. And I'm I'm improving a lot uh, because of this. And so I think for me, it was my biggest motivation. Uh, of course, I have, I, th- I can say three players who play in my position who I appreciate a lot. One of them is Iniesta. For me, is the best one, the yeah. one I like more. And the other two are uh, Zidane and Pirlo. Because Pirlo plays, start to play as a number ten, and he start to come back as a number six. And I think my career will be a little bit like this. I hope not, uh, <laughs> because I prefer to play as a number ten. But everyone, every coach I, I have in the in the past, they all say the same: you will be an, a great number six. You will be a great number six. And I don't know. I prefer to be a number ten. <laughs> because I'm closer from the goals, I'm closer from assist my teammates, and I like to play there. But it's like Pirlo was a player; he can improve from all positions. You know, he plays as a ten, he improves. He plays as an eight, as an eight, he improves. He plays as a six and improves. And you, you, you was always good. You know, is that kind of player? You look at him, his hair 
is always in the same place and you have a big head. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. I, it's like you have that class. Yeah. Do you, you, you like or not, you look at him and you say, this guy has class. This guy is different, you know. He, he, he has some different than, than the other ones. And, and I think, like, uh, for me, he's, he was one of the best. And Zidane, of course, he was master class yeah. number 10. And I think these three, these three players, they just need one thing for me. And he was, was the Ballon d'Or. But we can say at that time for them was hard. And um, because was a lot of players, good mm-hmm. players, really good players taking the Ballon d'Or. And for, I think, 11 years, we have Christian and Messi <laughs> every time. So it's difficult for them to take mm. a Ballon d'Or because you have that, that two players, they are from another planet. Have you always played midfield? No. I play as a central defender. Most part of, when I, when I start, I was a central defender or a right backer. Right. I, I like to play as a right backer because I was aggressive at the time, you know, I, I was that guy who wants to give a tackles and everything. When I go uh, central defender, I was at the time when you play like, not like this, but like this. Mm-hmm. I was the one behind. I don't know how you call it. Um, the free one, you know, just to to be there and cut the sides, cut the other side, be prepared to when when the winger comes out and maybe you have not your right back or left back, like a, like a sweeper space, yeah, yeah, and um, and I was and uh, I was I was really good. I w- was a coach. He says to me, if you want to be a top player. You need to play as a central defender. If you want to be a good player, you will be a midfielder. You can be a midfielder. I think he was wrong. Maybe you want to say it in a different way, but maybe as a central defender, I can be much better. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I never tried, but but it's okay. I, I like uh, at the time. I don't like to play there, but everyone was saying I was a good defender uh because i was they said i was smart i covered the side and everything yeah but uh at one point i had the chance to go to um, to the team one year bigger than me and i speak with the coach and i tell him look at i don't want to play more central defender so i prefer if you don't want me or if you want me to play as a central defender i prefer to go back to the guys with my age and i will play as a midfielder because it's there i want to play and when I arrived at that team, the coach said well, he was seeing the list and some players was in vacation and he just said, hey, we have no strikers. And, and I tell him, ah, I'm a striker. And he said, no, you are a central defender. I said, no, I don't play more central defender. I'm a striker. <laughs> and he tried me one training. I scored twice and he said, okay, you will play striker. <laughs> and I start striker one game. Second game, I was at like a fake nine with two strikers. And I come back, I come back until until number 10 and number 8, between that. Speaking of uh, midfielders, I had a question for you. And that can, was... Can, wait, wait, can, can you wait? Can you wait a little yeah, bit? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Wait, wait, I'm coming, I'm coming. It's okay. This is great. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was a call. It's okay, no problem. I think we might have heard the baby crying. So if you need to go and at any stage, just let us know. No, no, it was not the baby. 
was just a, a call. Oh, it wasn't the baby? It's okay. The baby's with my... Okay. The baby's playing you now. Wasn't sure whether it was my <laughs> house or your house. <laughs> You're giving us such great answers. Some of the, the, the stuff we would ask you, we might have to skip over little bits in your timeline to make sure we can get as much in as possible. But before we do that, I do have a very important question. You talked about three midfielders that you really like. Zidane, obviously good. Uh, Perlo, good. Uh, Iniesta, you said, was your favourite. But I was sat here thinking, Paul Scholes. It's, for me, I, I, I will be realistic because if, if I look all them, maybe I'm more closer than being uh, the, the capacity I have is like more Paul Scholes than them. Because, you know, Paul Scholes was the guy who likes to be in the box, who, who, who likes to give an assist, who always score a lot of goals. And, and maybe these, these ones I ever said, like Pillow was a guy who scores some goals, but maybe for more free kicks and something like this. Uh, Zidane he scores some goals. Iniesta, you see him, but never. No one remember Iniesta from for scoring goals. You know, you remember yeah. him from assists and everything. And and if I, if I look, and I was was. It's funny because was uh, I don't remember the game was ah Bruges against Bruges at home. Uh, we are in the dining room eating and everything and I was with Fred and we watched the television and it was the goals of Paul Scholes all goals of Paul Scholes in Manchester United show. and we, we we hit and we, we stayed there just to look the goals and everything and I was talking with Fred and it was funny because in that day I said to Fred Fred you see what Paul Scholes is doing you need to be more closer from the goal because if not you will never score <laughs> <laughs> and Fred in that game he scored twice <laughs> so uh, like I, I appreciate a lot Scholes but maybe because at that time in Portugal when Scholes was playing at the, his best level was difficult to us to see to see English football mm -hmm. mm. maybe because Spanish football was more close I don't know they pass on the television or something mm. uh, and you grew up maybe with that names being realistic in Iniesta I start to see him uh, when I was 17 18 years old you know it was not like in the beginning I watched a lot of players in Portugal for example uh, I didn't say but the first midfield I really watched and I really appreciate and was João Moutinho from Wolves for mm -hmm. example was a player when for example he plays for Porto I just watched the games from Porto to see him to see the way he moves, to see the way he does the the things, you know. Uh, because for me at that time, it was easier to see João Moutinho than Paul Scholes, than Iniesta, than Zidane, than the other ones. Because being realistic, Iniesta was Iniesta and Pirlo, because Pirlo, I start to watch him when I when I go to Italy. Uh, I start watching him much more because I was in Italy with 17 years old too. In that moment, I think uh, you can start to watch everything. But when I was in Portugal, I was watching more the Portuguese league. Mm. And Moutinho, for me, was that reference. Because in Portugal, in national team, was him the reference, you know, mm -hmm. at, at that time. Because before, for example, for me, was Rui Costa and Deco. You know, that, that team, then uh, 2004, for me, that two are the best two we have. For me, as number 10, we never have, after them, a real number 10 as them as, as the same as they did never Moutinho is a number eight as you see now he plays 
he plays more than di deeper. Uh, he, he, he was always a number eight, but because in Portugal, I always uh, play as an eight because we play with the three midfielders with a number six and after two midfielders up front. Normally, I was that one who goes more as a number 10. I was, a, as, as I call in Portugal, eight and an half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have that eight who goes more and half in front and you have that other eight who always go and half in back, you know. Yeah, so, half, yeah. Yeah, um, was uh, for me it was that reference, but of course for me Paul Scholes. And after watching that video, I, I I knew it. He was a player who scored a lot of goals. I remember him score a goal against Porto. Was not offside, but they give offside. Luckily for Porto. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the year. I think 2004 too. Mm -hmm. uh, the yeah. Champions League. When uh, Mourinho slid down the touchline, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Costinha scores in the right almost in the end of the game, yeah. I think. Uh, I think in that game was a goal uh, from Scholes when the referee gave offside and he was not offside for a long distance, but mm -hmm. luckily for Porto <laughs> uh, and for Portugal because it was important for us in Portugal winning the Champions League, a club from Portugal winning the Champions League. But of course, Scholes, I think he was one of the best midfielders in the world. Mm -hmm. I think for England, okay, I see a lot of people talk about Frank Lampard because he scored a lot of goals, of course. And I think he was one of the best uh, in England too. You have Steven Gerrard too. Uh, but I think Scholes is the one who makes more difference than, than, mm -hmm. than everyone. I, I, I don't see... Before we everyone start to talking about this, I don't see every midfield of England. No. Okay, I'm talking about these three. I think these three in the last generation was yeah. the three best ones, and I think for me, Scholes was best. The only one you're missing is Michael Carrick. He's a different player. Yeah. Today I was watching the training and Carrick was playing because maybe we have one player less, and the players, someone, some of the players are are were in the in the team in the last uh, first eleven. With the, just to the recovery, and I was watching Carrick, you know, and he doesn't miss a pass. He's unbelievable <laughs> how, how, he's, how he's fresh, how he's sharp doing the exercises with us. And I was talking with Fred, and I want to say, I, said, I, I want to say to Fred, hey, watch him playing and doing the same. It was, <laughs> was fair to say that, and so I didn't say. <laughs> but, uh, but it was amazing, you know. Uh, he, he was training like if if someone from outside comes to see the training, nobody says this guy is not time, playing in yeah. the team. You know, like he's, he's a player as us because he have that quality of passes and everything. And also when we do when we need to do some finishing or some exercise of passing, he's always there helping us with the balls and everything because he has such good qualities on his yeah. pass. Unbelievable! I'm I'm learning a lot from him. I'm learning a lot, and he's one of the persons I I like to listen because he was a player. He was a big player. You win a lot of trophies for the club, and and for me, you need you have to learn from these players, you know. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, I re not they are not similar, but for me, Moutinho and Carrick is that kind of players. You learn how to be smart in the game, you know, how to be clever. Maybe they are not that kind of players you will watch and say the kids will say, "I want to be like Michael Carrick." But when you have one on the team, you know that guy. We will never miss a pass. You will do. You will ever see the smart one, the smart pass. You will do most part of the times the right decision. You know, is that guy will give the, the count to be on the ball to have the ball and everything. And 
you need these kind of players. Yeah. You sound like someone who just loves learning still, even though you've reached the top, but you love learning. Do you like to watch a lot of analysis of football in your spare time? Or even after training, do you like to watch your individual performances back? Yes, yes. Normally I watch all the time when I finish the game, I come home. And normally it's difficult to sleep with all the energy and the caffeine you take yeah. before the game to energy. <laughs> so all the Red Bulls you drink is difficult to have to take, take down. And so I'm, I'm come to, I come back to home and I start watching the game. Uh, looking the points I did well and looking at the points I did bad or I need to do or I need to improve. Uh, I like to um, to see the analysis and when I finish the game normally I'll always go to watch how many passes I miss, how, how many balls I miss, how many balls I recovery, how, how many long passes uh, I, I do in the game and how, how many was good or how many was wrong. I like to watch all that kind of details because I think details in this moment in football make difference. Yeah. Tell us about your uh, your move to Navarra, the age of 17. It was difficult, you know. In the beginning I was uh, I was alone there. I didn't speak nothing. Nobody speak English. I was at that time I already speak a little bit of English so yeah. I can I can say some words and maybe if someone can talk with me it will be much better. But they just speak Italian and you need you you have to learn. You have to to understand, and everything you know. And the the first two three weeks was really really difficult for me. I I think in quit and come back to Portugal. I was like I don't like this. I don't want this because I was not feeling comfortable on mm. that. And of course in the trainings uh, when I start to play and show my qualities and everything, they they understand. Maybe I think was this, they understand I have something to help them, you know. And so also them, my teammates and everything, they start to help me more and more and trying to take me part of the group. You are part of the group, come here. And because we, we did like a, a stage for two two weeks or three weeks and it was good for me, you know, because when the team was everyone together, you have to speak, you have to be there, you want to learn, you want to to improve, to be part of the group. Yeah. And of course, in the beginning was really important. My wife uh, at that time was my girlfriend and my my mom and dad, because I spoke with them and they said, this this is your dream, you know? If, if you quit now, it will be difficult to have another chance like this. And so, you know, when you go to the bed to sleep, you start thinking in all the sacrifice you did before to, to have that chance, all the sacrifice you have, like, your friends coming out and you being at home because you will have a game in the in the day before in the day in the day after the day before maybe your friends are are playing are going somewhere to the cinema or something and you can't go because you have training yeah. i was studying from the eight o'clock uh, until 5 p.m and after that you, you i have i have to take the the van and go to the training and come back to the training after everyone finish uh, I arrive at home 11, 11, 11, 30 o'clock. You need to eat alone. You have your mom waiting for you. You know, all that sacrifice, you start to think on that because mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. is your dream. You need to, you fight a lot for this. You have this chance. Uh, you can, you can just put away this chance. It's, it's, too, it's too good to put away. You know? Okay. I was in Italy. I was in second 
in the second team under 23 uh the team was in second league and everything but the chance was better than being portugal for sure at that moment and at the end with the help of my family of course uh, i understand that was the perfect move so you just need to improve you just need to learn uh you need to understand what they want from you you need to understand the language because you are yeah. living there you are living in the, their own country so you need you need to learn like if someone comes the, i think the problem for the portuguese people is like if you go portugal and you speak english someone someone in some place they will find the way to speak it with, with you in english you know yeah. yeah if a spanish guy come in portugal someone in some way will speak with you in spanish you know it doesn't matter how if he's good or not he will speak with you in spanish yeah. if some italian guy comes they will try to speak in in italian too you know like we are uh, in portugal we, when we have someone new you try to do the best for him you know mm-hmm. and so when you go out you are expecting someone to speak with you in portuguese or trying or doing something and so it's difficult for us when we go, when we go out and trying our chances and you have not this, the same reception we give to someone who comes for to Portugal you know but this you need to understand is the culture of every country you know is different mm. everywhere we are the absolute worst we won't learn anything <laughs> <laughs> speak english or get out or what we'll do is we'll speak louder and slower yeah um, uh, wait a minute i need i need the charger yeah, no problem no problem <laughs> got some charge i think it's work. yeah it's work. yeah <laughs> perfect um so you did five seasons in italy and then you moved back to portugal and in that time you were made captain you were twice uh player of the year what did did you expect to have that kind of impact and did that feel like a homecoming when you when you knew you were moving back to portugal you know it was really important for me the step uh some people was thinking like is a step back in his career because I'm coming from a better league, you know, a more competitive league than uh, than the Portuguese one to Portugal. So everyone was thinking like it's a step back, but I was in Sampdoria. It's a big team. In the past they have a good history and everything, but at that moment I was fighting for being in the league, trying to go in Europe league and everything. And I need that extra motivation to be in a team at that moment i i understand for me it was important to have more responsibility like you go, you are going to a, back to your country most part of the people doesn't know nothing about me they just see me look playing for under 21 when i was when uh, mm. i was captain too in under 21 of portugal but most part of the people doesn't know who is bruno you know and for me it was important to 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 come back and say like I will I will make my name strong people will know who who is Bruno and I have to fight to be in a bigger in in a bigger team with bigger players with better players where you have to fight for your place you have to fight to to win all the games you have to fight to win the league you have to fight to win the cups and you have a chance to fight for Europe League or Champions League like you will be there you know you will be in the best competition you will be playing against good teams and at the same times you have um the end of the season because for example in italy some teams they work like until you get your 40 points they say the 40 
34 points is the, the safe one. Yeah. So you have that 30, 40 points and the league is over. Okay, it's done. Doesn't matter what what's going on from here or not. You are safe and it's done. And I think for a player who have uh, who wants who wants more and who think he, he deserves more yeah. and uh, ambition is bigger, for me is the right step, you know. And when I was when I was in sporting the first season, I take a coach uh, like uh, George Jesus. Now he is in Benfica. He was in Flamengo. Everyone knows him in Portugal. I, of course, in England, uh, most part of the people doesn't doesn't hear a lot of him. But in Portugal, he, everyone knows he's he's a guy who always is asking a, more than you improve. You need to do better. You need to do. You need to be better. You you need to go every time another percent. If not in the training ground, he will kill you. And, and so for me, it was was the right one. You know. I need that motivation. I need a coach at that time to grow up. I need that kind of coach to be like, be be behind me, be all the time. Like I scored twice, come to me and said, and said, you, you have the chance to score another one. Why you don't score? You did this wrong. You did that wrong. At the time, he was that coach. You know? And for me, it was really, really important to grow up and to be better player uh, than, uh, than before. And also to fight, to have the mentality to start fighting for titles, for for being a, a top player needs to fight for, need to have big ambitions, you know. And big ambitions in football is winning titles for me, trophies. Talking about fighting, in May 2018, a few of the players and coaches were, were attacked by the fans. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Bruno, just hang on a sec. It's just breaking up a little bit there at our end. Can you hear us? Yes. He's stopping a little bit. Wait a minute. Let me go. That's perfect. You think it's better now? Because maybe it's because the computer is in charge. Yeah, this is much better. That's perfect now, mate. Okay, so we've just had a few technical issues, but surprising absolutely nobody. Bruno saved the day at the last minute and he's now switched from his <laughs> computer to his phone. So we can carry on, but we haven't got loads of time left because your answers have been absolutely fascinating. So we're going to get on to some United stuff. Now, this is technically your second appearance on the podcast because you appeared very briefly during Diogo Dallo's episode. And when we spoke to him, we spoke to him about your transfer and how excited he was about it. How excited were you when you found out you were coming to Manchester United? And when did you finally know that was happening? Because there were rumours about it for so long. So it was for me, as I said before, was a dream come true. It was the first dream come true. No? Of course, as, as everyone knows, I was a fan of Manchester United since Cristiano was playing for, for the club or since he started to play for the club more, most, most regular. And of course, as I said before, it was my, 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 my club in England and my first choice in England was, was always Manchester United. And, and my agent knows that. And maybe because of that, he tells me at last moment uh, I was coming from Manchester United because he knows if he, if he starts talking <laughs> about, with me about the club, I will be like, okay, that, that is the way, that is the way. And maybe I will have the chance to go to other clubs or something. And he will say, but it's better to go that, and that way because maybe we'll play more there or the coach wants you there or something. You know, in, in the transfer, you have a lot of, of things you need to think. Uh, but for me, it was like, uh, I, as I said before, I started crying when I knew, you know, uh, wow. because 
was was a long time I was waiting for coming to the Premier League. Long time, like in the in the summer, was this chance to come, and I was I was sad more than mad. I was sad because you know you uh, after after my second season in Sporting after the um, the attack of that supporters in the training ground. I have the uh, I have the um, the chance to come to the Premier League. I have some clubs who want me to join them, uh, but I feel I was not prepared to come to the Premier League at that time. So, I as I said in the interview, when I go back to to Sporting, when I signed the the same contract but a new contract, um, I tell I tell them I feel like like home at Sporting, and I feel like I have more to give to the Portuguese league to the club. And I want to be here for 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 more time because I think I will be more prepared to give the 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 step to the Premier League in in another moment, you know. And after my second second season in Sporting was like more than amazing, you know, thirty two goals and seventy uh, seventy assists. You never, I never imagined when I was going back to Sporting like I will score thirty two goals. No. I would never imagine that. Uh, of course, the first thing I said was like, uh, I did 16 goals and 22 assists in my first season. And I said to them in the, in the interviews and everything, what do you want to do? And I say, I want to have better numbers. I want to do minimum 17 goals and minimum 23 assists. Of course, I give less assists, but I think I give more, <laughs> much more goals. So uh, at, at the end, the balance was good, you know. Uh, in the summer, the the talks we start talking with the club and everything, and I think, as I said before, my manager, my manager in general, he just tell me in two days, three days before I come, because he knew how I was in the summer, you know. And I tell him after the summer, I tell him, don't speak with me in January until you have the contract to me to sign. Don't speak with me. I don't care. Because if you will speak with me, I will be more, like I said, more than angry. Because I will never be angry to to rest at Sporting. Because I I really love Sporting. I really love to be there. And also, if in January I will not come, for example, until January I was I was 15 goals in the club already. So I was I was ready to do another another mark, another another good season. You know, it's not just like I will be at Sporting just because I have to be. No, I was I was I was happy there. My family was happy living 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 in Lisbon. My my little daughter, she has the school. She loves she's she's friends and everything. Was not like I have to go. I want to go or something. No, I was really loved to be in sporting. But of course, for me, I have the step to come to the Premier League for the club I always dream. Um, to have new new challenge was important too, you know, because maybe at some moment in sporting, I will start thinking like, okay, I'm here. I'm captain of the club. I'm doing well. If if I'm just keeping in this way, I will be. I will be maybe in national team. I will be with the, always playing for the club and everything. And we'll never give the step you need to improve to be better, you know. And so for me, for me, it was important to to give that step because it was a, a mix of everything: dream come true, and at the same time a step to the Premier League, another dream come true. And of course, the step to to have that that motivation to be better and better, and to understand in the Premier League you have to to do much better. So basically, for Manchester United fans, the message is that you just waited and waited. There were other teams wanted you, but you waited for Manchester United. 
yeah yeah the truth is that is very special the truth is i have i have, I have chances to go other teams and i think it's public most part of the teams is one one uh, as i spoke uh, at the time i was close from tottenham and and in the summer i was more close from tottenham than the than manchester uh, sporting thinks at that moment the purpose was not good enough they think they deserve more from a player like me they they want more money and everything Okay, I was like I said, I not I was not uh, mad. I was sad because the the dream come true to come to the Premier League was not uh, was not coming. And of course, uh, you, you always, of course, for me, it was much better waiting until January because I, I I put both dreams together, like come to the Premier League and play for my for the team I want. But of course, at that moment in the summer, I was thinking like the dream to go to the Premier League to a club as a, as Tottenham. For me, it was an amazing, amazing purpose in that moment, you know. But at the end, I think everything ever purpose. And maybe at that time, I don't go to Tottenham because something special was coming. And at the end, I was waiting for more six months. And uh, I can I can say it was much better for me because it was two dreams come true in the same and at the same day. Yeah, I started chuckling when you um, when you said that uh, you know they wanted maybe a bit more money for a player like you because I don't think anybody would question that you were a bargain. They must be kicking <laughs> themselves now. They sold you so cheap. How do you think you have had such an incredible impact at Manchester United? Because we always talk about players that come in January needing at least six months to settle in and then you judge them from the start of the next season. I don't know if I've ever seen a player come in. The only player people talk about that compares maybe is Eric Cantona in terms of the immediate impact and change you've had on the squad. And also, I don't know if you know, you're the first player in Premier League history in June when you got um, player of the month and goal of the month. You've just seemed to have hit a standard that was so high straight away and just maintained it. How have you managed that? Um, I, have, I have a family uh, who always uh, is judge me, judge me in the sense like judge my games. So uh, I finished the game and every time I have a message from my mom and my, my wife, and my mom is always the same message. You are playing well and <laughs> kisses and I love you and everything, you know. But the mom, the mom's like it. Uh, my wife, not. My wife just, if I play well, she says, you're playing well today, congratulations. If I don't play well, she said, today was not your day, huh? <laughs> it's like, you, and I, I, arrive, I arrive home. And start talking like, hey, you miss a lot. And I ask her, why, why, why I don't play well? Explain me. <laughs> ah, you miss a lot of passes. And I say, what which passes? Explain me. To tell me which. <laughs> no, I, I see you. Oh, you miss a lot of. And that shoot. You see where you put the ball it was too far. You have to score from there. <laughs> you know. And it's just, and it's not just my. For example, in the day in the day after Newcastle, my dad sent me a message. He never sent a message. He always called me in the day after the game. Always the day after the game. Um, he sent me a message and he says, congratulations for your goal, but from tomorrow I will start to explain you how to kick penalties. <laughs> and, and I was like, I missed one penalty, one penalty in 11 and he's talking with me about penalties. He never, he never scored penalty when he was playing for football in, uh, in, the, in these years. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, but that kind of situation makes you improve and being all the time you have to be there because you know you have people behind you who will always ask more from you, demand more from you. I have also one friend who, who is normally that guy who, who come to you and have that word like, I'm not like your your friends, you know, 
if I have something to say, to tell you, I will tell you. If you play like <laughs> I will tell you. I don't care. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, but sometimes you can just tell me you play really well today. You don't need to come and say every time. Just some, tell lies. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, every time. I did the mistake and the mistake. Okay, I know the mistakes I did. I, I was playing. I know when I lose the ball, I was a mistake. You know, sometimes just give me like a candy. You know, when you give uh, babies, they are, they are doing the, the right things. They take a candy. Uh, like uh, that friend is 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 really nice to have that kind of friends. Friends, yeah. of course, my brother and my my dad is that two of the persons I I listen more after the games because they play football in the past. Uh, then they know the way I feel. They they understand football, so I like to to hear the the things they have to tell me. Um, and of course, I have I have that feeling like you have you always have that kind of friends as like you play well, you are the best. Uh, yeah. You just play alone this game. You lose because your teammate don't run, or you lose because your teammate don't score. Everyone have that friend. Every player have that friend. Every player. So you have you you need to have that kind of person like my wife, my dad, my brother, and my my friend. Like, hey, it was not the fault of your your teammate. It was your fault. You don't win because you don't play well. Just just like that, you know. They bring you back down to earth. Yeah, but it's it's good. Yeah. It's good because like imagine yeah. you you always want to normally the people. Everyone, it's not just in football. You want to take, uh, when you do something wrong, you want to find some excuses and not the the right motivation to see where is your problem. Like you always found a problem in someone else, you know? It's like you did a mistake, but for you the mistake was because someone did the wrong wrong run, you know? Like I want to put the ball to Rashi. Rashi did the run. I put the ball, maybe it was long. And I was, I was, I can say, ah, he goes later. He doesn't take the ball because he starts to run later, you know. But no, you need to be like, uh, maybe he goes later, okay. But maybe you, you have to wait a little bit, uh, one more second. And if you wait one more second, he will not be late for the ball. And so the ball will be good. And you can, it, it, one of the things you have to imagine sometimes is like, you don't know what your teammate is thinking in that moment. Sometimes you have that feeling, that connection, and you know what we will do. But the timing sometimes is not exactly one who have to be, you know. And so the mistakes come from this mm -hmm. or, or other yeah, things. Yeah. And, and so you need to understand uh, when you do a mistake, of course, maybe Rashi can go early, but also I can wait a little bit more. So it's two mistakes, not one, you know. You, and you have to look to your own mistake, not for because you can't you can correct your teammate. You will tell him, okay, go early. It's okay. But if in the next one, it goes late again, maybe the problem is you. Yeah, go late you. Not, yeah. don't, don't say to the other one to go to, to wait a little bit more or to go, to go early. Just wait a little bit more you. Stay with the ball one more second and after you give the pass and, and it's done. You need to, to look to yourself and understand what, which kind of mistakes, mistakes you can correct at the, at the time and being better and help. Also, your teammates being better because if you correct your mistakes, your friend, nobody will see the mistake is done, is, is doing, you know, because your ball will go at the, at the right time, at the right moment. And so nobody will look is, if he's doing the right run or not. If the ball just goes to him, 
everyone will say is a good pass for you and a good movement for him. Just, yeah. just this. Fantastic. Uh, Bruno, before you go, um, hopefully you will join us again for part two because we could listen all day and there's so much we want to ask you. But just before you go, what else would you, what would you like to achieve at Manchester United? I always, I always said the same. I will say, I said all the time the same thing. For me, come to the club like Manchester was like when I, when I go to Sporting, for me it was to win trophies. And I come to Manchester with the same mentality. For me, it doesn't matter if the other teams, people are thinking like they are stronger than us, they are better than us, they have best 11 than us, they have more, the guys who come from the bench are better. A lot of things. Everyone can can say what they think in the same different ways. I, I, I don't care. For me, come to the club as Manchester is winning trophies. You are playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Who, this club had made history in the past, an amazing history. And it's a long time we don't win for a Premier League, you know, for a club as Manchester is, is too long for me, I think. And uh, the mentality needs to be to winning the Premier League, to winning the Champions League, to winning the Carabao, to winning the FA Cup. And if we, if we play another cup for baby's cup, we need to win too. I don't care. You know, if, if you are in the competition, if, if you go to competition, like I said before, you know, I'm always competitive. I, I'm competitive to, to winning Uno against my, my daughter. So you think I will not be competitive to winning? I don't care if people say ah, Liverpool is stronger than us this season. Man City have, a big, have, have, have better players than us. Uh, Arsenal now have a good uh, a good team. Chelsea buy a lot of players. They will be one of the best teams. You you can say a lot of teams here. It doesn't matter. But the point is, look at yourself and thinking like you are playing for Manchester United. You are not playing for a team who never win nothing normally. No, you are playing for a team who normally wins everything. So, okay, he doesn't win a, a trophy for a long time. But is a club is a club who normally wins. Normally doesn't stay so long without winning nothing. So you have to put in your mind all the players, all the staff, everyone in the club. We are here to winning, and I think we have that mentality. But of course, you can always growing up and being better and better and have bigger mentality. And of course, when the results are better, you you will be more competitive. For example, I think everyone in the um, in the last week, when we play against PSG, they are like talking about like, ah, Manchester go to Paris, but maybe it will be difficult for them. Yeah, it will be difficult, of course. It will be difficult against them. It will be difficult against Chelsea. It will be difficult against West Ham. It will be difficult against Southampton. Everything will be difficult. But if you do the right things and if you believe you can win, you will win. Yes. And the right thing is like against PSG, we did an amazing job because we sacrifice, we play humble, we, we did the right things at the right moment. We defend when we have to defend, when we attack when we have to attack, we counter when we have to counter, and you will win the game like this. And you miss a lot of chances because I have one, one chance with, alone with the keeper. I tried to serve Anthony and I missed the pass. And if I score, was 2-1 already there. Rashi have a chance and he wants to pass also, also him yeah. to Anthony and he missed the pass and he's another chance. And so people are saying maybe, Okay, they win 2-1, they have a penalty, like they always said, because penalties doesn't count maybe in the football, I don't know. Mm -hmm. For some people, penalties doesn't count. But like, 
we have a lot of chances because we do what we have to do in that game. And maybe if, against Chelsea, we need to play in the other way as we play, but we don't score. And maybe if it, we did some mistakes, for sure, because we need to create more chances, we need to, when we have the chances, we need to do much better and everything. Uh, and maybe we don't score the goals because of it. Okay, it was a difficult game, a game, a competitive game, you know, like a lot of falls, the game every time stop it and everything. So for me, it's like you have to do the right things in the right moment in different games, in different situations. So the most important is when you go to the game, you have to, you need to have the feeling like if we do what we work, we will win this game. And doesn't matter if you play against PSG or West Ham or Southampton or Burnley or Leipzig, like now we will play. The, the point is doing what we work, what we believe. And if you really believe in what you work, what you're doing in the training ground to be better and to, to play against that team, if the coach says the best way to attack is going from the left to the right or to the right from the left or go in the middle straight away, you need to do that. You need to believe on that. And maybe it will not work, but maybe you go one time on the left and you come inside and you will score a goal. And it doesn't matter. Continue believing the way is in the middle, in the middle, in the middle. You will do, at some point, you will have the chance. And when you have the chance, you have to score. You have to kill. Yeah. You have to, to have that mentality to win the game. Brilliant. Bruno, we've got to let you go. This has been absolutely amazing. One thing, will you promise that after you win your first trophy with United, you'll come on and do part two? Yes, of course. I hope, Fantastic. I, hope, I, I, I think I think uh, the end of Carabao is in January, February. There yeah. we go then. <laughs> there you go. We'll have so you back in February or March, whenever the final is. For me, for me, is the first the first one is the first one we have to win. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I appreciate. Goodbye. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't really know where to begin with that one. It was absolutely incredible. We didn't even really need to use our script. <laughs> but, it was, but the thing is... There was no was timeline almost... about his life because it was no. just so good. Yeah, there was no point, was there? He was answering the question so well and in such detail. There was nothing to gain from saying, oh, what was it like when you moved from uh, Udinese to Sampdoria? Because actually that story would have been interesting, but not as interesting as the other stuff he was telling us. And I think we would have lost out by... By doing what we usually do. What a cheat. <laughs> what a cheat. The story of, of him beating his three-year-old at Uno is incredible. Unbelievable. That's class. Oh, so that was so funny, honestly. Was, the funny thing is, he's laughing his head off while he's saying it. It's, and you just I know, know. I, think, I think a lot of sportsmen are like that. I'd be the same. Yeah. It's ingrained within you to be yeah. a winner, isn't it? Amazing. You must have seen this like I guess a, a split between professional footballers some that I guess are professional footballers and yeah I guess they think football's alright but they're not maybe that passionate about it but he seems so passionate about every aspect yeah. of football yeah. the way he analyses it and the way that he talks about other games and his memory of them he's so into it yeah. he spoke so tactically didn't he yeah yeah I think the fact that he goes home and he analyses every game obviously because he can't sleep which is which is pretty much the norm after you play played games but he just he just goes into so much detail about his own game and even his wife having mm -hmm. a go at him because you know misplaced passes. That I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is keeping your feet on the ground when you've got your misses. Do you do that, Helen? Do you tell Johnny he's had a bad game? Mm, I would be honest, like, but obviously he doesn't have very many, so it doesn't happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I wouldn't say 
why did you do that? But I'll just maybe say, how do you think you did today? <laughs> what, about, what, what was your reaction after the game against United last season? My reaction? Yeah, but you know, he got, because he left the field early, didn't he? Yeah, but he still played well, so it was fine. He played great. He was our best player. <laughs> but it is it's good that he has all he's got a very close-knit support around him yeah Yeah. but he I'm sure Maisie you've seen that a lot but he has to be one of the most competitive people we've spoken to Uh, you can see it on the pitch overtly competitive yeah Yeah. you can can see it on the pitch that's what playing for Manchester United is all about Mm -hmm. you need players like him to get you over the line when you're struggling in games you just need that drive Bruno has that in abundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent podcast. I think fans are going to yeah. absolutely love that one. Yeah. I think we could do part two, part three, part four and go on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Sounds like we're doing part two in March. Yeah. Should we do some emails? Yeah, let's. Richard Scorer. Great name. Has there ever been a footballer called someone scorer? Maisie? Uh, I... Um, no obviously not okay let's move on Richard says been listening to your podcasts <laughs> through lockdown and enjoying them had to give a shout out for Andy Cole a superstar beyond words I was fortunate enough to watch him live a few times including the demolition of Forest at City's ground and then even more fortunate to see him start against Bayern Munich legend so glad he was well enough to suit up Andy is a legend and I have the utmost respect for him doesn't hurt that he too was born in Nottingham Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Uh, next, we have uh, Neil Carter who says, Hi, guys. I've been really enjoying the shows with some absolute United legends. So interesting to hear their stories. A bit of a random one, but I'd like to hear from Neil Webb. Having the same first name as him and being a midfielder who could play a pass and score goals, he was the reason I followed United when I was about eight or nine. It would be interesting to hear his views on what it was like to join United during the early Sir Alex Ferguson years before the period of success happened. I believe he left just before our first Premier League title, so I'd love to hear his views on his time there, the players he played with, relationship with the manager, how he saw things changing, and if he has any regrets of how it all ended. He was also part of the England-Italian 90 squad, and I believed he was playing during the Hillsborough disaster Keep up the great work. Neil Carter from Bristol. That's a great suggestion, Neil. We'll get on it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think Webby's now actually a... uh, Is not Webby... um, Is he a postman now? I think he is a postman. If he's your postman and you are listening, let us know. Daniel Sinise says, Hi guys, been loving the pod. Great to get the behind the scenes stories from our legends. It has helped get me through COVID. Along with schools, Rooney is my favourite ever United player. So much so that our gorgeous little cavoodle pup is named after him. Goes without saying that I'd love to hear from him on the pod. That is Wayne Rooney. He wants to hear. She might get her wish. Keep up the great work and keep those golf stories coming, Maisie. That is from Daniel or Dan. In Sydney, down under. And very Great cute little dog. dog. Good eye, Dan. Yeah. Very cute. You little ripper. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, one here from someone, and I'm not going to pretend their name isn't brilliant, Janet Sandals. <laughs> There's no pretending that's not a great name. Uh, she says... Janet Sandals says, Hi to you all. Just thought I would write in with a couple of suggestions for future podcasts. I would love to hear from the photographer who must have the best job at the club. He's always present taking photographs at all the official shoots and I've seen him on many match days at Old Trafford. I'm afraid I don't know his name, but it would be very interesting insight on some behind the scenes info and how he became United's official photographer. I expect he has witnessed amazing memories and some historical moments at United. I would love to know which players he has enjoyed working with and which are the most treasured images he has captured. Another podcast I'd love to hear is Vidic. How 
he has the grit and determination to play as he did and his relationship and thoughts about playing against Torres. I would love listening to the podcast whilst doing the housework. I'd get so involved with all the stories being told. It makes the dreaded jobs go by so much quicker. Uh, so many to pick from, but a couple I've really enjoyed are Amy Turner, Benz and Big Pete. Would never have thought he could play the piano, but all are compulsive listening. Keep them going. I now have all my family listening to Janet from Harrogate. And then in brackets, you put, I'm the one whose neighbour looks like Mike Dean. Janet, thank you very much. Um, also, I think uh, just a very quick note from me here, if anybody's interested and still no, listening. No. Nemanja Vidic and the Fernando Torres story is has become like a stereotype in that of the number of games they played, yes, he got sent off a couple of times. But if you look at the rest of his results against Torres, Torres did not score many goals against Manchester United. Nemanja Vidic actually had a very... I'm sticking up for a United player. Why are you whistling? Whose side are you on? The Scousers? Hey, Yeah, what have you got to say now? Nothing. That's what I thought. If you've enjoyed listening to the United podcast, please rate us or review us um, and subscribe. We love putting these out and uh, we really enjoy getting your emails and listening to them. <laughs> Go on. Sounds like Simon Mail. I've had enough of being called Simon. Um, you can send us an email, unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. I've just crippled Maisie now. Um, uh, and that's it. Have a great week. I hope you've enjoyed this one. It was an absolute joy to make and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>